I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. For travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. I had, until my recent trip, only ever been a transit passenger through Tokyo Narita Airport and had been wishing for a very long time that I would actually get to go to Tokyo itself one day soon. It all sounded so exciting. So I guess that it was almost inevitable that I was going to be disappointed when I finally did get there. Tokyo Narita Airport, even according to the Tokyo tourist booklet that we were given on the Virgin Atlantic flight I was on, is regularly voted one of the top two worst airports in the world by travellers. The reason it gets this dubious honour is because it's very, very far from Tokyo and can be very expensive to get from it into town. My driver told me when I got into the cab that it was about 80 kilometres from the airport to the hotel, I was staying in, which was in the financial area of the city. I went back to the airport on a shuttle bus from the hotel, which seems the most popular way to do it and is the most cost-effective and very regular from all the major hotels. The process to get through immigration was very slow, as they only had two people and very large queues of people as all flights from Europe arrive pretty much at the same time. There's a relatively new process where, like the USA, USA, they take your fingerprints and photographs and all that kind of stuff. As we head into the city on the long drive, it did strike me just how complex the roads and signage seemed to be, especially once we got into the city. I realised that this was partly as the motorways and roads have all been built fairly high up off the ground, directly above canals and rivers that read through the city. This is not a city I think you can drive in without knowing it and speaking Japanese. The huge, 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 huge city has 34 million people living in the greater Tokyo area. That's like taking all the people who live in California and shoving them onto Hawaii. It's very crowded. Tokyo, like many other cities bombed and wrecked during World War II, suffers from a post-war rebuild that makes it all a bit beige and uninspiring overall. There are some old buildings dotted among the mostly uninspiring blocks, but they're all quite functional and ordinary. Of course, while the city may not look great, it is one of the powerhouses and modern economies. With the damage during the war, it also seems to make the tour options and sightseeing of historical areas a bit redundant, and the main sites listed and tours seem to focus mostly on visiting shopping areas, but more about the tour options a bit later in the travel tips. But overall, other than soaking up the Japanese experience, there's not a lot of visible history to be able to explore. There is, though, a lot of shopping and a lot of entertainment, with karaoke, of course, being a hot favourite. One thing that did surprise me was just how much English was spoken and understood. At first I thought this was because I was mostly interacting in a business and tourist part of town, but then was told that in schools English is a compulsory language for a time and again at college. 
So this actually helps English-speaking travellers feel a bit more comfortable. You do feel a bit isolated, though, as the mobile phone system, like in Korea, is very different and not compatible with the system in Europe or the Americas, and so things like Blackberries do not work either. In the many brochures in the hotel lobby and at most hotels, they do rent out mobile phones that work in Japan. If you're travelling from Europe eight hours behind Japan and the USA at least 12 hours, you're also likely to be fairly jet-lagged. I don't normally suffer much from jet lag, but did really struggle when I was in Japan. And I guess it, this is fairly well known as the award-winning Lost in Translation movie was about people connecting and suffering from jet lag. My overall impression of Tokyo was not as my expectation had been, and the jet lag may have added to that. This may have been also influenced by staying in a more business part of town. But there was a lot I learned from the trip, and so here are my tips for travellers visiting Tokyo. The first one is getting there and around. Very few countries seem to need a visa to go to Japan, though I did notice in immigration there were also required you know, visitors to undergo health checks, a bit like uh, you, you know, it used to be when you were going into China. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Tokyo Narita Airport is a long way from the city, so it's best to make arrangements to get into town before you arrive. The most cost-effective and easiest seems to be the limo buses that go to certain hotels and cost around 3,000 yen, which is about 30 US dollars per person. I actually also suggest that you contact the hotel you're staying in before you go. There's also a train service called the Narita Express, which only runs about every hour or something, or up to about 30 minutes. But if you don't speak the language and have just arrived from Europe or the USA, you're likely to be tired, jet-lagged due to the time difference, and so best to have transfers arranged, even if a pickup. Once settled, it's worth also working out how the metro system works, as it's very efficient and very comprehensive. If you do use taxis, they are quite expensive. And ensure that you get a card from the hotel with the address written in Japanese, and get them to write your destination in Japanese, as not all taxi drivers will understand you. Although, as I mentioned earlier, the overall level and extent of English is, is fairly high. Secondly, keeping in touch. We're also used to being able to use our mobile wherever we are, and knowing that friends and family can reach us in case of any issues. Therefore, it was quite strange and a little bit odd that mobiles and blackberries do not work with the Japanese system. So it is a good idea to hire one if that troubles you, which it did me, as the time difference is odd and you don't want people calling you at odd hours in the hotel. It is fairly expensive, though, as calls are charged at the same rate for both domestic and international calls. Three, electrical and other stuff. For visitors from the USA, this is simple, as they have the same two-pin plugs and voltage as in the States. Travellers from other regions need to make sure they have USA-style plugs, and if from the UK and Europe, as the voltage is lower, things like hair dryers will not work at full force. Of course, the other famous, or is it infamous, part of Japan is the toilets. The Japanese have quite complex toilet with Bottom washing facilities are standard. Luckily for the less technical amongst us, they also tend to just work as normal toilets if you make sure you avoid all the buttons in the control panel next to the loo. Some of them also have warmed seats. My tip number four, do a tour. It's a very, very good idea to do one of the organized tours to get a feel for the layout of the city and then perhaps explore alone afterwards. Many of the tours are run by the Grey Line, which of course many of you from the US will know, particularly from New York will know. There are two main tours, each of which last four hours, taking in sites including temples, the Imperial Palace, and, of course, the infamous shopping areas. And there are pickups at most of the main hotels. But doing a tour is probably essential because it is quite difficult to find your way around, not speaking the language. Now, there are a number of key areas of the city to visit, and the most recommended for tourists are the following. 
and I'll get these pronunciations horribly wrong, so I apologize for that. The first one is Ropongi, R-O-P-P-O-N-G-I. Now, this is the area where the embassies and the big shopping centers are. At night, it is known for being a very buzzy part of town for entertainment. And in this area is Tokyo's equivalent of Paris's Eiffel Tower called the Tokyo Tower, which has great, great views from the top. Harajuku, H-A-R-A-J-U-K-U. Now, this is the trendy part of town where things like the remarkable Prada building is, the Rock and Roll Museum, and the Jingu Stadium, which is the home for the famous Swallows baseball team. The third area is Shibuya, S-H-I-B-U-Y-A. Now, this is the part of town that many will recognize from films and travel shows, as this is where all the big neon lights are. It's known as being the center for youth culture, and there are huge screen playing ads and pop videos. There's a massive Starbucks, Tower Records, and other big sort of stores. So this is the part that you kind of need to, because it's the part that you will absolutely recognize from films and shows. Ginza, G-I-N-Z-A. Now, this area is best known for the many, many, many and very varied restaurants and, of course, the famous Sony store where you can try out all the latest gadgets. And that's for those gadget fiends and you is worth doing. Yokohama. This is where the old Chinatown dating back to 1859 is. There's a large amusement park and J- Japan's tallest building is also here. So, But do a tour is the best thing to do. And my last and final tip is a day trip to Mount Fuji. It's a full day trip. It leaves about 9 o'clock in the morning, gets back about 7.30 p.m. It involves a train ride, lunch, a cable car ride, and it's well, 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 well worth a visit to this very dramatic mountain. So that's my tips for travelers vers- visiting Tokyo. So until next time, have safe travels, and please visit the blog at www.tipsfortravelers.com where it's all one word and travelers is spelled with two L's the UK way. Also, if you're a Facebook user, please, why don't visit uh, the page on Facebook? Just again, search for tipsfortravelers.com. And if you do get a chance and you subscribe via iTunes, it'd be great if you can perhaps uh, next time you're there, leave uh, a vote and some commentary. That'd be great. And have safe travels. You've been listening to Tips for Travelers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand-based advice, recommendations, and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travellers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com travelers spelled the UK way with two L's or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk